Disney announced that it will take full control of Hulu in a deal with Comcast. This move puts a $27.5 billion valuation on the streaming service, representing a new addition to Disney's portfolio and continued rapid growth for Hulu. Today, I'm talking to Nick Turner, Bloomberg's entertainment editor. Nick, thanks for joining me. Oh, good to be here. So tell me a little bit about this Disney-Hulu deal. What are the details? So this is kind of the, one of those things that's been expected for a long time, um, but it's the how of it that's kind of interesting, which um, is because Disney, ever since the Fox deal in March, they had majority control of Hulu, and now they're kind of sort of finishing the process by setting the stage to buy out Comcast. And um, what happened was they structured it so that that the value of Hulu is going to be $27 billion in five years, which, if you think about it, I mean, that's up from, in 2012, uh, and even 2016, less than $10 billion. So, you know, a, a big jump. So Comcast is doing okay under this. Uh, it's what Disney wants, and Disney investors seem really excited about the idea of them getting more into streaming. So everybody seems pretty happy with this arrangement. And what does this move mean for Hulu? Immediately, probably, uh, in terms of Hulu customers, there um, there won't probably be a huge immediate impact. I think the longer-term question is, once these deals that Disney has to have the content, and it still ha- it will have a, a you know an arrangement with Comcast and NBC Universal for years now to have their shows on Hulu, but once those things start to fall away and once the whole streaming landscape becomes really balkanized with all these different companies coming out with their own streaming services, I think you're eventually going to see uh, a place where you're essentially sort of having to either get a bunch of different streaming services to get all the shows you want or having to kind of pick and choose between, um, you know, say, the um, Warner Media uh, streaming product, the Disney Plus streaming product, the NBC Universal streaming product, which will be next year. Um, and so it, it's going to be a little more fragmented. And how does Disney stack up against Netflix now? Do you think that they're actually able to compete? I mean, I guess it depends what we mean by compete. They're definitely and it's just still a shadow of the size of, of Netflix in terms of customers. And I think that most people, if they're only going to have one streaming product, it's probably not going to be Hulu. It's probably going to be Netflix. But um, I think, you know, Disney has gone out with sort of a, a proposition of having fairly low prices for their streaming product, including streaming uh, Disney Plus, which is uh, is going to be six ninety nine. So I think the idea is, hey, you probably have Netflix, maybe you have these other couple services as well. I think what it makes life harder for is, say, the Warner Media or the NBC Universals of the world who go out with their own streaming services and want to get people to pay for those as well. Right. And so I saw that Disney is going to put some of the content on Disney Plus and some of it on Hulu. Could there be a time where Hulu is rolled into Disney Plus as one streaming service? And how do they decide what goes on which streaming service and what platform? I mean, I'd be surprised just because I think that Disney Plus is just a really strong, like, it's heavily focused on families and, and kids programming. And Hulu is like a little bit more of a play for either a TV replacement for cord cutters or certainly more adult fare. I mean, you know, you're probably not going to watch The Handmaid's Tale with your kids. Um, so it seems like they're still pretty delineated at this point um, in terms of who they're going after. And aside from acquiring Hulu's content, how does Disney benefit from this partnership and this 
you know, acquiring Hulu? What does that mean for them on the technical side? I think it just makes it easier for them to cut deals and figure out, you know, hey, we want to bundle these services together or we, you know, want to get this content or, you know, not use this and use that instead. Uh, it just sort of like more freedom in terms of how they can actually operate this thing. And how would you define Bob Iger's streaming strategy right now? How would you explain that? Well, I mean, it's clear that this, you know, this company that's been an entertainment icon for so many decades is wants to have a direct relationship with the consumer. And I think that that's um, a huge shift for them. I mean, they've, they've always sort of been a household name and, and, um, you know, been known for, for a certain level of quality in terms of their, uh, their entertainment, but they, they haven't really had that other than a little bit with sort of say Disney channel and other, other outlets, they haven't quite had that direct relationship. So I think that's still kind of a gamble in terms of a, can you do that profitably? And, and, um, ultimately I think with this whole streaming thing, you can't have every company on earth with its own streaming product because eventually people will say that's too much. I, you know, I, I don't want to pay for it. Obviously, Disney feels like they have one of the best offerings going, so they're going to be the first one or two, uh, you know, products in that basket. But, but it does seem like eventually it comes to a head where you can't really, you know, have an unlimited number of these things. So, if the bundle was the jackpot for cable TV, what does the combination of Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus mean for Disney going forward? Yeah, well, I guess it's the new bundle. I mean, it's it's if you had to choose a bundle, that's not a terrible one to have. Um, I mean, it's uh, the the amount of blockbuster content that's in Disney Plus is you know off the charts, and then. Um, Hulu has grown a lot. It's, you know, again, more sort of a TV replacement. And then ESPN is the leader in sports. So it's, uh, it's a pretty good bundle to have. I mean, again, will we reach the point where consumers are frustrated with having to kind of cobble together their whole entertainment options and long for the old days of cable where there's just 300 channels that they pay one bill for? I don't know. But, but I think for now, they're, they're in a pretty good spot. And with Disney's streaming strategy and success, what will it take to actually make Netflix nervous? Yeah, it doesn't seem like we've reached that point yet. And again, um, I think the the, the idea that uh, it's six ninety nine for Disney Plus, say that's easy. That you can buy that and you can get Netflix, and you're still spending less than twenty twenty dollars a month. Right. So I think it's I think it's almost maybe. And I mean. If they do get their growth numbers up to say 60 million subscribers, you know it starts it starts to get more competitive. Obviously, there, and then ultimately, like there's the competition for content, and a lot of the Disney stuff that used to run on Netflix or is still currently on Netflix and it will get pulled off. That's going to hurt Netflix in a way that I'm not sure we're entirely uh, cognizant of, of yet, just because I think we have to sort of see how it plays out, and. Um, I mean, once all those Marvel movies are gone and shows and, uh, you know, at some point people might not be as excited about Netflix anymore, but I I don't think we're at that point yet. Right. So how important is it for Disney to have a streaming stake in live sports, live news and Hollywood movies and shows? Oh, I mean, I think that, I mean, you take ESPN, you know, a huge profit, profit center for them over the years, obviously, um, cable ratings aren't what they once were, but you have to figure out how to take these 
these enormously successful properties for you and translates them into the streaming era. And I think that's why investors have responded pretty positively to what Disney has done in the past few months, just because they seem to be, A, moving aggressively and, and making choices that seem like they make the most sense um, based on what we know now. So what's next for Disney? I mean, the, the, what's next? I mean, the, obviously, the biggest next step is um, Disney Plus itself will come out in November. And I think we'll we'll have a sense of what the reaction to that is, how p- excited people are, what the sort of uh, subscription take up ends up being initially. Um, and then it's going to see sort of a gradual migration of its franchises and its programming over to Disney Plus um, from, you know, wherever they reside now. And that's probably still going to go on for another months or, you know, years or more. But um, so I, I think that'll be a big undertaking, and it's going to be hugely expensive. I mean, they're going to lose billions on this, and it's, it's I think, the, you know, maybe we're five years out from the, the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of profitability. So that'll, that'll be a big challenge for them. Definitely. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. Okay, no problem. And now turning to other news from today. In recent days, the once-banned phrase trade war has roared back into widespread use in Chinese media. China recently vowed to fight to the finish in the escalating trade war against the U.S. After an FBI briefing, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said Russian hackers accessed voter databases in two Florida counties. WhatsApp is urging users to update its messaging service, following a report that a vulnerability in the software allowed attackers to hack into people's phones. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and if you like listening to us, please head over to iTunes and write a review to let us know what you think. I'm Alexis Benvenisti. You can follow me on Twitter at APBenven, and you can get all of your TikTok updates 24-7 on Twitter.